Castillo walks in, slides it left. Howden closing in. Backdoor score! Brent Howden back in the lineup and back on the score sheet. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Left corner to right corner. Carlson to Amadio. Up top, White Cloud. Left point, Martinez shoots. Score! Getting you ready for tonight's game live from T-Mobile Arena. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, live inside T-Mobile Arena, Chris Chapman, back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet, on the 215, home of the... Chapman, did you watch the World Cup of Soccer finale yesterday? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, okay, I did. Yeah, good. I, I didn't want to like uh, a debrief or a breakdown. <laughs> I just wanted to know whether you watched it. Uh, Chapman, did you watch the Raiders game yesterday? I watched the end. Yes. All right. Uh, good. Uh, two of the craziest endings that you could imagine in sports, uh, and one was on one of the largest stages imaginable, and it got me thinking. The way those things went down. The topsy-turvy back and forth and the craziness of it. What's the most sensational finish to a hockey game that you remember? One came to mind instantly for me, and we'll get into it in just a little bit. I can't wait to get everybody's thoughts up and send us your comments. Uh, please tweet us if you would like at Ryan the Hockey Eye or at Jeremy Lard or uh, whatever Magnum is, 702, Magnum 702. Uh, it keeps changing. Every week he's changing it. Uh, uh, actually, he hasn't changed it. Uh, so I'd love to, love to get your reaction to the craziest hockey game that you have uh, you have ever witnessed uh, as far as a finish. Uh, we are going to break down what's going to happen this evening uh, in anticipation of the Sabres return matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas going for another sweep. But as we do every Monday, the first segment is yours. 702-876-1340. Line them up. Let them go. Uh, we are a team that uh, has struggled at home lately. Great start. Everybody seems to forget the great start at yeah. home yeah. Uh, this season. But it has uh, gone over some, uh, what do you call, rumble strips uh, lately uh, here at T-Mobile Arena. And uh, that is uh, countered by the incredible uh, road record. Uh, give me your take on what is going to be the last full half hour for you to talk to us before Christmas. Oh, wow. That is that is, is interesting. Yes, seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. We are, I, I think, in festive moods. I, I feel like you're in in kind of a festive mood all oh, the time. I, I, like I, I am in total mail it in mode. Really? Right now. No that, way. That's a sign. That's a sign Come that I'm on. festive. I am mailing it in right now. <laughs> I, you you could rip off a string of stamps, a roll of stamps, and it wouldn't compare to what. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm looking forward to uh, Buffalo, where the best offense in the National Hockey League belongs to the Buffalo Sabers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're big, they're strong, they can score. They just can't keep the puck out of the net. Uh, this is going to test right off the bat. Mm-hmm. This is going to test what is the version of the Mendoza line for hockey. If Vegas allows two or less mm-hmm. at home, yep. they win. Okay. As soon as they allow three, it's the other, <laughs> other side. Yeah. Tonight, there's a good chance you're going to allow more than two, sure. given their offense, but they can't keep the puck out of their net to make the playoffs. Right. 
So uh, that's also an opportunity to score a bunch of goals. So that's uh, that's probably the most intriguing in-game matchup that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be really a, a testament to how can can the Golden Knights shut down Buffalo enough offensively, and then can the Golden Knights get their offense in gear against a team that just doesn't defend particularly well. I'm going to say really hard on the first part. Really easy on the second part. Uh, let's go to the phone line, 702-876-1340. Stephen in Australia, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are, how are the three of you going? Uh, well, I'm mailing it in, and Ryan's working extra hard. So that sums up uh, what's going on here. It's just a normal Monday. Yeah. Isn't, that just every, isn't that just every day, though? Yeah, yeah it's every day that ends in Y during the week. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's... It, it's uh, uh, the way that Vegas has been playing at home. I feel a little bit like uh, your um, the one um, the one Lotus Broadcasting College that you get along with on a morning show um, on one of the sister stations, uh, Mr. Ed Graney. I, I, every time, like it's it's the Dodgers versus the Padres. It feels like oh, I'm worried about the Padres. I'm worried about the Padres. I'm worried about the Padres. Like that, that, that's how it feels with Vegas at the moment. It's like I'm worried about every single time they play at home because it's just it hasn't been good, and I. And then you mentioned that off the top, and I think, and that's what I've been thinking about this, and I don't know whether it's possible or whether it would actually be a good thing, but with the way Vegas has played at home this season and the way they've played on the road, shouldn't they just try and tank and, you know, get the 16th seed, you know, sneak into the playoffs <laughs> and they never have to play at home during the season? Yeah, uh, like during the playoffs? They're going to win every series. They're going to win the cup. They can win on the road because they can't do it at home. You know, sneak one at home. Yeah, the the reverse uh, strategy. I love it, uh, going for the four games on the road during a series and the first two away from home. You establish your dominance in the series, and then you just roll. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I had gone down the path about the team staying in hotels mm. the night before games. That's crossed my mind. I've told you guys about Damian Rhodes, right? Uh, former no. Ottawa Senator goaltender. No. So Damian Rhodes, uh, you guys should uh, be aware. Yeah, story time. It's story time with Millard. Damien Rhodes was a goaltender of a certain level way back in the in the 90s. A good, good goalie. He had one of the great masks uh, with the Ottawa Senators. Okay. But, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. Uh, Damien Rhodes played for Toronto, played for Ottawa, got a big contract with the Atlanta Thrashers when they, uh, when they broke into the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. But Rhodes was a, he was a goalie. So he had this belief that he played way better on the road than he did at home. So he came up with this idea, and he and he and he ran it by his wife. He told uh, her, his family, everything. Yeah. That uh, when he played for Ottawa for a period of time, he would stay in a hotel. Okay. The night before home games. And he bought into that. I don't know whether it really worked or not, but he actually went down the path of staying. In a hotel, on his own volition, <laughs> because he went so far deep into his mind on this that he would stay at home yeah. in a hotel before games uh, at uh, what was the Civic Center or now uh, Canadian Tire Arena. Uh, r- really bizarre. I'm not going down that path yet for mm-hmm. the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, but uh, but it did make me think of uh, good old uh, uh, Rosie. Interesting. Um, I, I don't... I... I know that I've seen that take a couple of times. I don't know that I'm there yet. 
I still feel like this is the homestand where the Golden Knights kind of turn things around. I, I, I thought they had some really good looks and some really good chances. I thought they generated enough to put more than just two goals on the board against the Islanders. It's just a matter of finding the execution. It's just not there right now. Uh, before we, uh, final thoughts uh, to you, Stephen. Uh, before we go, uh, what, what's your solution to the home woes? I think I think just embrace it. I think tank. I think try to get sixteen seed. Like, like, as, as bad as that sounds, like that's that's the only like that seems like the most obvious solution at the moment. And I guess um, one last question then. Um, and I had another friend bring this up. Um, what do you think would be harder to do? You think do you think it would be harder to get yourself into that guaranteed sixteen seed or win the president's trophy? Because um, I I I don't know which one it would be harder to do. Um, Enjoy the festive period. Enjoy the holidays. You know, I, I, Brian. I know, I know you've got um, I know you got Hanukkah. You know, for, for all the listeners, whichever whichever holiday you celebrate, um, happy holidays. Enjoy, and we'll, um, yeah, just, just enjoy. You too. Uh, you'll enjoy Christmas before us. Uh, we know that uh, down there in Australia. <laughs> Mike, uh, let's go to Mike on the uh, phone lines on line number three. Welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Well, thank you. Uh, this much I am quite certain, uh, as joyous as this holiday season is for us, uh, there's no one in the world it's more joyous for than Alex Petrangelo and his wife and his daughter, that's for sure. You bet. And we're all grateful that this is working out as well as it is. Uh, I will tell you that uh, two things. Stoney made a move today in practice, practicing the shootout, which they always do at the end of practice when not many people are watching, but by, by the way, all the, the big boys in the general manager's booth were watching this. What, what he did was he actually juked left, juked right, juked left, and made a goal, which he's ne- I've never seen him do, and that's not Stoney's forte. I will just reserve this for now. If he does that in a game, in the next shootout opportunity, I believe he'll score. So I'm thinking in my head here. I'm trying to imagine this. He's a right-handed shot. He's coming down a medium speed or faster. What would he was coming the first time he did a shootout shot was ten okay. feet away, like he usually does, which I just scream at him when he does it. But I'm trying to that's picture your move. I'm trying to picture your move that that you just described, though. So he's coming down medium speed. Is he coming straight down the middle, or is he? Coming yeah, down? he's coming straight down oh, the straight middle. Down he down. jukes right, and yeah. then he goes left and just flips it over the right arm. Of uh, Logan Thompson. Well, then at that time, I think it was Aiden Hill. All right. So he but goes. It, he goes backhand, forehand, backhand. Yes. All right. And, and I've never seen him do it. So maybe he's working on something that will make him a better shootout goal you, uh, what, shooter. Why don't you like him shooting? I think he's got a really good shot, and and he scored in his last penalty shot. But it wasn't a. Re- I mean, it wasn't a shootout penalty oh, shot. I realize you're right. Hold on, hold on, there, it Buckaroo. Wasn't. Hold on, Buckaroo. <laughs> Explain to me the difference between a shootout and a penalty shot. And I don't want to know one it counts as an actual goal. One it just counts as a point in the uh, in the shootout. I want to know technically the difference between a shootout and a penalty shot as that player makes the move or the... Well, I'd love to have this conversation with you when you give me more time, but the truth is, when you're in a shootout situation, the goalie is preparing for each and every shot. When you're in a penalty shot situation, the goalie has to take one shot and one shot only, and the player, whoever that is, 
gets one shot only. So it's not an automatic, let's see who makes three goals first, or let's see who makes six goals. You are so overcomplicating this. <laughs> I, I took the lessons from Chris Chapman somewhere along stop. the way. So, so hey, leave you, me out of you, this. <laughs> do you like it? Do you like it simply because it's flashier than just shooting the puck five hole and scoring? Uh, yes, of course I do, and of course that's where most of the great shootout shooters will make their shots over the shoulder, not through the five hole. You, you don't agree with that? You must be hard to impress at Christmas time. Like this, this is a great new bike, but that it's not red. Uh, this is this is a great new drill, but it's not powered. It's only battery. Uh, what what does it take to to really satisfy you? Well, even you guys who are much more knowledgeable than I am have to admit that most great shootout shooters do not shoot through the five hole. They don't. You know why? Because it's hard. What's that? It's hard. <laughs> That's why. So I give them extra no. points because of that. Okay. Well, it's an interesting conversation that we should flesh out further when we have time. I just want to say this, uh, uh, one more thing. Jack Eichel would certainly play tonight if he could. Any knowledge of when he might come back? No, he's not uh, not skating yet, so uh, I am not uh, uh, able to give you any type of timeline. Uh, I, he's listed as day-to-day, uh, but with that type of injury uh, being in the lower body where, where it is, uh, the, it's prone to... Uh, those types of uh, scenarios where it could take longer than you, than you first think. It's uh, it's a delicate one, so uh, I wish I could give you a bit of a heads up on it. But given that uh, he's not out there skating with the team, uh, I, I'm at uh, I'm in the the murky end on this one. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's go to Rita. Rita, what's happening? And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay, I gotta set this up, but I kind of. You guys may not have an exact answer, but you might have an opinion. Now, while Petro was out, except for Ryan's one weird caller, I never saw anything on Twitter or anything negative. Everybody was encouraging. Mm-hmm. Back during the bubble, when Tuka Rask left because of personal reasons, uh, Rowan's Twitter was kind of 50-50, and there was some... Real hateful, get back, support your team. At what point back in history, because I don't remember when it changed, did teams start actual management and the team start supporting the people to take time they need to take care of personal issues? Because I don't remember being that way a long time ago. Yeah, uh, just to... clarify something here of uh, the Boston Bruins were supportive of Tuka Rask it was yeah a lot of the fan base uh, uh, were, were up in arms the only thing I can I can say as being a difference between those two situations was uh, one was the Santa Cup playoffs uh, it was a very volatile time in society people were angry angrier than normal uh, because of what we were going with uh, with the pandemic and that Tuca was already there and then left. And then there wasn't a lot of uh, subsequent information where there, uh, there was uh, so much focus on that particular uh, player and his position. So uh, I, I'm not saying that uh, that uh, it was it was right uh, or anything along that line uh, to be upset with Tuca, but uh, I I could say that that would be the major differences between uh, Petrangelo and and Tuca Rask. Okay, but women in sports history, 
did teams start becoming supportive of their players with personal issues? Uh, I think it's uh, it's really gained a lot of uh, steam mm-hmm, yeah. uh, in the last. Uh, I would say 15 years or so, uh, the player assistance program in the National Hockey League has certainly been uh, a big boost uh, to players and uh, and coaches and uh, team personnel in the ability uh, uh, to seek out assistance and, and get the uh, the help that they, they need to do. But uh, but there was a time when it didn't matter what was going on in your life. You were having a child. Uh, you were expected to be at the game that night whether uh, the child had been delivered or not and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I can't give you an exact uh, timeline on it, but I, I'm sure glad it has shifted. Yes, that's, that's kind of, I just, it, it just seems to gradually happen, and yeah. I wasn't sure exactly when it changed, but I appreciate that. And you guys all have a wonderful holiday. Rita, you as well. Thanks, Rita. Rita calling in, uh, one of our regulars, especially on the pre- and the uh, post-game show. Uh, Stephanie, welcome to the VGK Insider Show as we get ready for the Sabres against the Vegas Golden Knights. Hi, guys. How are you doing? We're rocking. Awesome. So, uh, throwback to Mike. I mean, if we get to say what we want to see in the suit out now, I would like to see just all slap shots from the blue line like Petrangelo <laughs> did in the preseason. Because <laughs> that's fun, right? I can tell you from firsthand knowledge in watching players do that in shootouts that more guys have scored on that yep. attempt than have been stopped or missed the net. I don't know whether I'd advise it, but it has been effective. Surprise. The element of surprise. No one's expecting you I, to just release a clapper. Yeah, I mean that's I, you know if if you know, keep it in the back pocket for when uh, when it comes up and it's important. Also, want to point out um, I think it was January last year. Mark Stone scored in the shootout, and we got that wonderful uh, video that I can't quote because I'd get Chapman in trouble. But uh, you know he, he scored in the shootout. We give, give Mark Stone some credit. He can he can do it. I know. I, I think we get caught up in the fact that he is so open about not liking it, yeah. and doesn't think that he's uh, as good at it as he is. And we we go down uh, that avenue with, with Mark Stone. But uh, but I, I like what he has. His his long reach, and the ability to either when he shoots, he's out and changes the angle, or if he deeks and he's got that long reach, uh, I I think he's he's almost tailor made for it. I mean, I I. I think that it's also really important to remember that uh, you don't ever really want to be in the situation of needing somebody that's good in the shootout, right? Like, we have Mark Stone because Mark Stone is good at doing Mark Stone things, which keep us from having to go to a shootout, I'd say. Um, anyway, it's... I, uh, go ahead, I was just going to say, uh, would, would you say you got thrown into a shootout? How nervous would you be, Stephanie? <laughs> Because I would, that's the part um, that would rock I would my... probably pass out yeah, on the ice. Yeah. Like I would, I would step off the bench and just fall over. I give the guys credit to uh, come with speed, or they do like the uh, the goofy little pick up the puck move at the time. Because I would be that one person who would forget the puck. Like Brad Marchand did at one time uh, yeah, a year yeah. a year and a half ago, <laughs> uh, where where he, he didn't pick up the puck cleanly and ended up uh, voiding his chance. That would be me. Just touching the puck at center ice would be a victory. Uh, I'd be shaking in my skates. Or just explode yeah. off your yeah, stick. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Break my stick. 
There you go. Uh, what do you, uh, what's your plan for the holidays, Steph? Uh, so we actually um, did Christmas yesterday because I'm going to be in Arizona on Christmas Day watching a football game. Well so done. We, well we jumped done. the gun a little. Good for you. Uh, well, have a safe holiday, and uh, we love uh, chatting with you. You bring yes, a you guys cool little do. perspective uh, to the program and always uh, makes me light up every time we see your name on the list. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Ryan, and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy your time with your family because that's what's most important. We will. Uh, my kids won't enjoy their time with me, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to have a great time uh, hanging out with them. Uh, if, if, if you got to do the shootout, would, yeah. you, be, would you be nervous or would oh. you be the cool cat? No, no, I, I would be absolutely uh, terrified of making a mistake. And I, like, I think that's one of the things that's, that's often lost. Like in, you know, when you look at a guy like Paul Cotter, who's so comfortable in that spot, in that setting, it's because he is fearless. He, he goes out there and he's not necessarily afraid of making a mistake. He's worked on his, his move. He is he's put in the hours. And for some guys, like I think taking a shot and forcing a goalie to make a save is a better option than trying to make a move and losing the puck yeah. because at least then you've made the goalie have to make something out of the out of the play out of the position. So um, I I think we expect shootouts to go the way of the shooter more often, but the fact of the matter really? is, really, I think I think goalies so. make more saves. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I think right now in this day and age, goalies are just so good in those one-on-one settings that you know we we kind of take for granted how good they've become. Used to be about 75% goalies. Yeah, would stop it. It's down a little bit uh, because of the skills that the shooters have got. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely towards it because they got to just sometimes stand there. Yeah. They, if they make a move and they slide up the deck and then they have – whenever that happens, you can hear me over my corner going, bad time to dump and chase <laughs> as the puck slides <laughs> into the corner. Uh, Ivan, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey there, guys. Happy holidays. You too, buddy. Thank you. Hey, so I think I might have a partial solution to the home issue. Okay. Maybe they can petition the league to have, like, eight more whiteout games. I think it's a jersey issue. Oh, you do? Ooh. Yeah, I, too many I, jersey colors. Black at home, gray at home, gold at home. Just throw on the white jerseys for, like, eight more games. I think they'll be solid. I'll be honest with you. Anything that gets the white jerseys played uh, on home ice, that's that's my preference visually. I think every team should be wearing uh, their their home whites, as I used to call them when I watched hockey as a, as a young and growing up. So uh, I'm with you on that one. Let's go. Which yeah, one would you pick? <laughs> which, which one would you pick, Ivan? Uh, well, my favorite jersey is the red, but we can't wear that one anymore. Okay. But okay. Uh, I think they look – I think all teams, I agree with you, the white, I think when I was growing up, and every sport home team was white. And I always looked, thought it looked sharpest. Yeah, it, uh, it changed, and then it, uh, it really made me baffled for a while trying to figure out who was on the, <laughs> uh, at home as right. I would do highlights. Right. Uh, and, and then the Ameri- they were the same color teams, you know, yeah. a blue and white team play, way, playing a blue and white team. Like, who's who? Yeah, you've got the, uh, the reverse retro, you've got the white, you've got the, uh, the gold and the gray. Uh, right now, in the uh, in the rotation with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, that I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. Uh, switching up the jersey rotation slightly and going with uh, with that, um, I'll I'll see if I can figure out what the records are in each 
sweater at home, and that that's the important part is is at home, uh, and where they've uh, when they've uh, worn those sweaters. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can get to. Uh, I think uh, they've lost map. two of the three games they've worn the reverse retro. Yeah, but that that doesn't mean anything if you don't have all the other ones. No, no, no. I'll, fair, I'll, I'll fair, find. I'll fair find. Point. I, yeah. I know, I I know that part, but I wasn't going to start throwing them out because it, <laughs> it, it you need some context there with the other ones, uh, or else it doesn't uh, it doesn't translate uh, uh, right uh, right through. Uh, Ivan, thanks for the call. Appreciate it on the VGK Insider Show. A line is open. Uh, I want to get to the craziest finish that you guys can remember, or you listening have ever recalled happening in a hockey game after what happened in the World Cup of Soccer yesterday with Argentina breaking through and winning their third championship and uh, following that uh, a few hours later over at Allegiant Stadium uh, the Raiders uh, gifted a win by the New England Patriots in one of the great brain freezes I've ever seen and if it wasn't their coach who was coaching them it would come back and haunt that coach but it won't because it's that coach, if you, if you know what I mean. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated about what if you guys are on the same page as me as far as uh, crazy finishes go. Uh, Ryan's doing the math right now. Uh, like, what? Are you on YouTube? Like, how are you doing that? Um, I'm looking for something. Just, just give, me, give me the commercial. But break. you're doing I'll the sweaters, it. right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. But uh, yep. you're going through YouTube doing it? Like, no, that's some no, hardcore no, no. research going on. No. I that's got, a difficult one. I got sources. You do? Right, oh, no, well, I can't really. wait to lean on them. Uh, so, Jersey uh, record at home. Uh, we'll get to that, and we'll also get your craziest finishes, and uh, we'll size up the Sabres with Paige Thompson against the Golden Knights and Braden McNabb. That might be a big matchup, uh, the individual game within a game tonight. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. It is 613. It's it's a band that Chapman asked me if there were any Hanukkah songs that we could bring to to the air this week. Because as as you may or may not know, Hanukkah started last night, sundown, and I kind of went on a little bit of an, an excursion trying to find as much as I possibly could. Um, there isn't much out there. But I came across that one, uh, Bohemian Hanukkah, and uh, decided to give Chapman the heads up on it. So there yeah, we go. Yeah, I have I have something else for you in the uh, after the second break. Because usually well. your oh, go-to boy. is Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, I mean that's that's where everyone goes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I introduced I, my wife to the the. I found four versions uh, with four different lists, and I introduced my wife to that last night, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, to Adam had, Sandler." Yeah. They, well, the Adam Sandler Hanukkah song. And there's yeah. four different versions of it. He keeps updating it, adding more and more people who celebrate Hanukkah. So um, my wife was like, wow, I can't believe how many people he's naming. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, what do you expect? A lot of is, Jewish uh, people, you know. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, when <laughs> it's you run great. Down the, the list. Uh, we got the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Buffalo Sabres, a chance to sweep the Sabres. And it looks pretty good. Right now, I'm telling you, and Reed is going to get mad at me. 
<laughs> but it looks good. The chances of a Golden Knights victory moving above 500 at home, very positive vibes in this building due to the fact that Buffalo is one of four teams that has never taken a point out of this building. Oh, there you go. So they're 4-0 against the Buffalo Sabres all time. They've averaged over four goals a game. They've never scored less than four goals sure. in any of the four victories over the Buffalo Sabres at T-Mobile Arena. There's so much that just adds up to positivity right now surrounding the Golden Knights against the Buffalo Sabres this evening that I'm, because I've learned my lesson with Rita, I'm not going to call it a lock, <laughs> but I'm right there uh, with, the, with the matchup tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, you know, I I feel like every time you try to bring something positive to the forefront, it ends up working against you. Well, that's so, not my fault. I'm trying to be positive. No, I, I get it. I understand why you're doing it. It's, it's fine. It's perfectly okay. The problem is it usually goes against you. Now, that all being said, I, I still firmly believe, and I've said this a couple of times about this homestand specifically, I think this is where the Golden Knights turn the corner. Like, I think this is the opportunity for the Golden Knights in front of them. You've got Buffalo tonight. You've got Arizona and St. Louis. To me, those are all winnable games for the Golden Knights. All and out I, of the playoffs. And I also look at the, the opponent in Buffalo. I know they can score goals, but they can't defend. And I think what the Golden Knights need more than anything is a night on home ice where they put four or five on the board. I really do. And you have that opportunity in front of you with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we had a crazy finish to the game at Allegiant Stadium yesterday in which the New England Patriots just had a complete meltdown. <laughs> uh, it was a tie game. They did the lateral, and they ended up uh, losing the contest. Now, what they were doing, uh, I spent this considerable amount of time last night trying to figure out what I was missing, mm. why they were lateraling it, and, and then I finally gave up and just went, they, they were idiots. They were dumb. Uh, you also had the World Cup game yesterday. It was at the opposite end of the bizarre spectrum where a team had a 2 nothing lead, lost it in just over a minute in soccer, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is unfathomable. And you had a when – when you add in the winning goal, which was via penalty kicks or the, uh, the shootout, uh, it was a seven-goal game in soccer. That was an unbelievable display yeah. uh, for, for a sport that's uh, mocked at times because of its conservativeness. Sure. So crazy back-and-forth uh, games. Mm -hmm. What's the most sensational finish you've ever seen in a hockey game? Chapman, I've given you enough notice on this. Give me something. All right. I will give you something that transpired five years ago today. <laughs> me and Ryan were at the game. And it was Thanks the, for the invite. The, well, I don't know where you we're were, here. but it was the Golden Knights taking okay. on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. And it was significant for a lot of reasons. Tampa, of course, heavy favorite to, to win the Stanley Cup at that point. They were like the team that everyone was gunning for. And I think it was the game where the Golden Knights proved that they were a serious contender to also compete for the Stanley Cup. But what, what was most memorable about it was Shea Theodore's goal with... Under three seconds to go in the game. It was game winner. Victor Hedman had just tied the game up a few minutes earlier in that third period. Vegas actually trailed, I believe, going into the third period. I know they were down 2 nothing in that game. Uh, but it was a phenomenal finish because I remember Derek England took a penalty late in the game. I think there was about two or three minutes to go in the game when he took the penalty. And it was Shea Theodore's power play goal because Braden Coburn took a penalty for holding the stick with under two minutes to go in the game, and Shea Theodore scores that winning goal on the power play with, like, about three seconds to go. It was incredible. 
I don't know if I've ever remembered T-Mobile that loud, but it's just a coincidence that it happened five years ago today, December 19th. There was so much going into that game. Uh, a late goal is always exciting. doesn't necessarily add up to being zany or wild or super memorable, but when you add in the confirmation of Vegas being a contender that season beyond just a, a great start and then the opponent in the Tampa Bay Lightning, I exactly grab on to your assertion that that was uh, one of the uh, more sensational performances that you remember. What about you, Ryan? So for me, and this is just mainly because I, um, I, I'm a glutton for own goals. I'm a glutton for own goals in the playoffs, and I'm a glutton for own goals that happened to the San Jose Sharks. Um, Dan Boyle, own goal for San Jose against Colorado um, in overtime. It was the only was goal that? of the game. I, let me get the date for you. Um, 4-18-2010. Oh, so it was the only goal in the game. So it, it, it was a 0-0 zero, zero tie. I don't remember this game. Going in overtime. I don't know that many would, but it's just kind of a, a clear. Dan Boyle takes the puck into his own zone. Yeah. Tries to rim it around, but ends up just beating his goalie. Just a straight-up own goal right into the net. Wow, I'm going to look that one up. See, this is Beautiful. what I wanted to get out of this. Yeah. Uh, some some opportunities to go down a path and and look up some some games or results that uh, that I didn't remember. So he was trying. So he must have been on one wing or the other, uh, mm-hmm. and and he tries to ring it around and he just beats his goaltender. And then yep. the game's over, right? Yep. Boom. Over. Uh, walk off. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, how about Twitter? Are we getting any? Uh, Responses over on Ryan the Hockey Guy or Magnum seven o two. I haven't checked myself yet uh, because um, I'm, I'm busy uh, <laughs> just carrying this program. I will tell you the most bizarre finish that I can recall in a hockey game happened in uh, in two thousand and seven, and it was a game between the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers, in which the Oilers were uh, down by one. They pulled the goaltender, and Patrick Stefan, who was a first overall draft choice of the Atlanta Thrashers a few years before that, went down on an empty net breakaway. Now, keep this in mind. It's an empty net breakaway. Mm-hmm. You're already up by one. Yep. It's done. Yep. Well, he stick handles right at the top of the crease, and the puck pops over his blade. It, it, and, and he falls down. Like it, It's the craziest situation. That that aside, Edmonton and you, all Oilers fans are going, okay, we're going to score. <laughs> and Dallas yep. fans are thinking, yep. for sure they're going to score. Sure. You don't miss a chance like that. Yep. Jared Stoll ends up scoring the goal, and uh, the Edmonton Oilers win the game, mm-hmm. end up uh, winning winning that game. That that back and forth, my buddy Peter Lombardius was doing play-by-play then, is, is just – etched into my head how somebody could miss a breakaway on an empty net Mm -hmm. like the gods really have to be against you (laughs) in in, in that situation Patrick Stefan's now an agent uh doing doing some great work uh in and around the hockey game but uh look that one up Patrick Stefan S-T-E-F-A-N and just uh put an empty net versus Edmonton and you will be jaw-dropped amazed at, at how it turned around from one end to the other. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I remember that play. I remember watching it on loop because it's just one of those, one of those things with hockey. And you know, we've talked about it, right? Like it it infiltrates your mind whenever you have an empty net opportunity. 
you think that if you miss that empty net, it's coming back the yeah. other way, and it's going to be a tie game at some point. And and it, it, oh boy, that's that's a well, that's a rough one. And the empty nets, uh, like the the philosophy around an empty net and going for it, mm-hmm. has changed dramatically in the last two or three years. Yeah, and uh, like it, it it's really turned around. I would go five five seasons ago mm-hmm. and further back. If you went for an empty net on your side of center and missed, like you were, whether you were, I was going to say Wayne Gretzky, but he could do whatever <laughs> he wanted. Uh, if you were anybody else other than Mario, Wayne, or Mark Messier, yeah, you were in big trouble. Sure. If you caused an icing going for that empty net, and you didn't, and you you might try to get inside the zone before you you really went for it. Yeah. Now, coaches are saying. You go for it. Sure. We, we've got enough plays off a face-off that should be able to give us a chance. We'll put out two different centermen. That has changed, too. Coaches have, have caught on. Sometimes it's three different centermen uh, because they want to make sure they've got two guys on each side uh, to be able to go for it. Uh, you, you see that empty net. You take a chance on it, and you go for it because the risk-reward has been proven to pay off to the team that goes for it. Yeah. Uh, but five years ago, it was almost in your mind where you were defeated if you went for it and caused an icing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it was It was essentially as if you had given up a goal yourself. Yeah, 100%. Hey, everybody was mad at you. Yeah. You played the team's best player. The yeah. team's best player. Yeah. The owner was mad at you. The GM was mad at you. Mm-hmm. The coach didn't want to look at you, mm-hmm. except for to tell you to get on the bench. Yep. Even if you're the best centerman, the goalie was sour with you. <laughs> the captain was mad at you, and the, the the trainer was kicking your sticks over, saying, "You you carry those things back to yeah. the to oh, the dressing room after." And, and if you were the captain, you were in danger of having the sea stripped off you. Yep. Like that's legit. How bad it was and if you now, missed an empty net. Now it doesn't matter in the playoffs or regular season. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. go for that. Yeah. Because there's so much emphasis on on plays, defensive zone plays yep. and structure to try and be able to limit the other team from getting uh, an opportunity. Now, it, sometimes if you're a team that's terrible in the face-off dot and the other team has uh, has the world beaters, sure. you might be a little more conservative. But uh, the – and you know what else has, has changed? Is the ice is so much better across yeah. the league. Yeah. And the, the shovels are – Decade and a half. Uh, oh, that, sure, that's yeah. that's helped out. Yep. Uh, before you remember the last week uh, in in Chicago when Vegas played that that period yeah. without a commercial stoppage, yeah. and the shovelers didn't get to come out. I don't know whether you looked at the benches and, and the amount of snow that was piled up sure. where the players exit the ice. Yeah. Because yeah. players don't necessarily jump over the boards to get off the ice. Right. They they go through the gate mm-hmm. and they what do you do when you're coming towards the bench? You're always slowing down. Yep. So yep. you're creating snow. Yep. So at, at the players bench at the doors, there's these piles of snow that grow, 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 grow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, until and they were like little snow banks. Yeah. And the officials, they were caught up. No, like an official, if a goalie's piling snow beside the, behind beside the net or mm-hmm. along the line, they'll come over and they'll clear it away. Sure. Well, that was a situation where they never really got. Any time they were by the players bench, they were focused on the play because it was going on. Yeah. They couldn't get to it. So uh, the ice conditions that was old school last week. Uh, I wouldn't have gone for the empty netter in that situation. But uh, but nowadays the ice, they've just had a dry scrape. Mm-hmm. 
six minutes or, or less yep. before that, before you're going for it. So oh, why, not, why not go for it? Crazy, crazy things. But it's it's fun to reminisce a little bit. And I, I don't remember that Dan Boyle play. Uh, yeah. i got to look that one up. I'll, I'll show it to you. Yeah, that, uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, anything uh, that we should know before? We don't have any tickets today, unfortunately. Nope. So, But I, I wanted to mention it just to see if the lights uh, <laughs> started uh, flashing on the phone lines. Uh, no, but I will give you the Golden Knights record in every single one of their jerseys. I can give it to you now, or we can do it later. Let's do it uh, right up to this. And then we'll set up our number two. The Golden Knights record at home in every jersey. Mm-hmm. We'll break it down. Yep. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Head of the Buffalo Sabres and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, live from T-Mobile Arena's the VGK Insider Show. Time for our NHL injury report with Dr. Robert O'Dell of the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Talking about some hip pain this week, doctor. Yeah, yeah. What would you like to know? I want to know how to get rid of it because I have a pain <laughs> in the hip that's caused by arthritis that uh, has been dogging me for a couple of years, and I don't want to replace it. Well, first of all, compared to knee pain and shoulder pain, the hip replacements are very benign surgeries. They're the most benign of any major surgery that I know of. So we often incur patients, you know, depending on their age, to uh, consider that as an option. And normally we, we don't do that. Our clinic, we go for other options first. But there's actually two different kinds of hip pain. The first is uh, the hip, the lateral hip pain on the side, which is hip pointer. That's when an individual gets irritation from the tendons. Uh, that cross there. There's about there's about uh, eight tendons that uh, that attach to the greater trochanter. It's called. That's not pain inside the hip. Pain inside the hip can be arthritis. It can be from an injury. It can be labrum. It can be other things. Um, more commonly, in older people, of course, it is arthritis, and um, that is dealt with, of course, uh, in an entirely different way because that's inside the hip joint. So, I, I mean, like, what are the what are the best treatments when it comes to I, I guess each type of hip pain? Well, you can do physical therapy, and uh, we have a, we have a device that can decrease the inflammation. Um, epidurals, I mean, epidural, uh, intraarticular steroids are are really not indicated, say, more than once um, in, in, into the hip because they, they can also cause aseptic necrosis, and they can injure the uh, they, they can they can injure the hip further. So we we reserve those for really older people where there's no other option, or you know, just bypass that entirely. Um, Many times people can take NSAIDs. I actually take an NSAID, a naturally occurring NSAID, naturally occurring anti-inflammatory called UltraCure, which I swear by. I'm 75 years old and I don't have any aches and pains, and it's from this stuff. It's just as good as the NSAIDs, but there's no side effects, no kidney, no um, uh, stomach issues at all. It, it can affect clotting a little bit, but, but it, it's terrific. Um, for those uh, who do have persistent hip pain who might be older, uh, the total hip is, a, is an opportunity, but if, but if if you are in a situation where you're younger, something we can do is we can actually burn the capsular nerves to the hip. We don't do it very often because the total hip replacement is such a good surgery, and the recovery is is so easy. My sister was hiking two year two, two weeks after each each hip was replaced, but we burn the capsular nerves to the hip, and it can render the hip pain free, and you you can avoid a total hip replacement if you're. Really, really, if you're if you're younger, something we do recommend. I've done a handful of the cases because most people go on to the total hips. Two weeks after hip replacement, she was hiking. Absolutely, wow. hips hurt a lot more before than after, 
And knees the opposite. They hurt way more after than before. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, uh, uh, it's a really uh, elegant sur- surgery. And, and like I said, I, I try to do everything we can to prevent surgery. But with the hips, it's a little different because it's such an elegant surgery and works so well. And people, I mean, of course, any, any surgery is a risk. So um, here I have a, I have a question for you, though. Uh, I've been told that you can't play hockey or you can't play goal after you have hip surgery because wow. of the movement. Can you, can you still is that still the case, or can you can you play goal if you've had a hip? Well, hip well it depends on your age. I mean, if, if we if we burn the capsule, um, you know, when you're in an amateur league or something, it probably yeah. can. If it doesn't hurt, you know, <laughs> you're not going right. to hurt it anymore. You're not right. going to hurt it anymore. No. I'm going to get my uh, hip replaced next week. I'll be done. There we there go. There you go. Love it. Uh, how do they get in touch with you, doctor? Seven oh two. Oh, uh, my uh, neuropathy and pain centers, Las Vegas, is seven oh two two five seven pain or seven oh two. Two five seven seven two four six. Speak to the option two is for new patients, or uh, option one is the receptionist. I'm glad you didn't give away the number that I have, the bat number. <laughs> when, whenever I need some help, uh, thank you, Doctor Odell. Okay, go Knights. Go Knights. There's Doctor Robert Odell with the NHL Injury Report, uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. You, you got it settled. Yeah, you're gonna get uh, your hip replaced, and you're gonna be. Even better on the ice. I'll get it done yeah. the 23rd. Okay. And then I'll have to do nothing because I'll have to take care of it. Sure. 24th, yeah. 25th, 26th. Yeah. And then I'll have to go back to work on the 27th. Sure. Yeah. How good is that? I like it. My kids will really be happy with me. Oh. My how, wife will hate me. How angry. <laughs> You're a good patient, right? Oh, I'm a great patient. I do nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Doctor's orders. You don't have to tell me anything specifically. I got a cough. Can't do anything. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights record in jerseys at home. The different jerseys at home coming up in hour number two.